0: Come into the parlour There's a welcome there for you And if your name is Timothy or Pat So long as you come from Ireland There's a welcome on the mat If you come from the mountains of Morn Or Killarney's Lake so blue We'll sing you a song and we'll make a fuss Whoever you are, you're one of us If you're Irish, this is the place for you to the Sports Sancho's Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else, and you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now, and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up, because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny.
1: Are you ready, Patty McCuny? I'm magically delicious, Mr. Cuthbert.
0: Let's go! That's right, baby. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Happy St. Honcho Show, Wednesday, March 17th. You're truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert from the great Irish state of New York. And everybody, please say hello to our favorite Irishman in Maryland, Mr. Robert McCuney. How are you, sir?
1: There is no way I'm doing anything close to an Irish accent. That music to start the show? Still laughing about it. By the way, if you you mispronounce... I'm sorry. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Blah, blah, blah. If you mispronounce my name instead of saying CUNY and you pronounce it like former boxer Jerry Cooney, then I'm, you know... I have a touch oh, the Irish in me. And yes, I am wearing the requisite green. And let me just say it now before I forget. Hey, everybody. Aaron Gobrales. Okay, I got that out of the way. Very, very smart. (laughs) I got that out of the way.
0: Well, it's great to say I'm going to talk in an Irish accent a whole night. Is that all right with you, Mr. Cooney? I'll
1: be be checking out of the show early (laughs) if you're going to do that. I just, I can't. I can't Uh. with that. It's great, but after a while, it'll be like nails in a chalkboard. Sort of like every time I open my mouth, you know, you'll know how the rest oh, of America Jesus, For all you sports honchos
0: fans out there, you, you might know by now that Mr. Cuthbert's here, parents, are from Dublin, Ireland, born and bred. And here Not I Dublin, Ohio? No, no, don't be confused with Dublin, Ohio. Okay. I won't do that to you, pal, you know. And well, you know you. everybody listening to the show knows I have a few accents, so I have a little fun. But uh, just a few. I'll try and keep an
1: American, gringo, for you, there, pal. Because
0: we're you an very American
1: much. sports on show. Just hey, remember, what, what Jewish and Irish, we're both a couple of issues. Yes, not that this far is away. true.
0: This is true.
1: Yes, and I cut ac- you. Off. The
0: accents are similar.
1: Hello, <laughs> Oi <Oy> Vey. How <laughs> hey, are what's, what's with all the Irish? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're Hell so you doing?
1: tawdry. You're so tawdry, Mr. Cuthbert.
0: I don't like the you food your, here.
1: <laughs> you and your Dubliners, you're such cheaters. We play canasta. Uh, and what right, do you let's... know from corned beef? That's, that's our side of the street. <laughs> all right. So let,
0: let's, let's discontinue torturing the millions R-Listers. of Swartacho fans out there. But anyway, a happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Uh, anybody who's still uh, walking straight and happens to be listening to us live, we appreciate it, and everybody listening tomorrow with a hangover, congratulations.
1: Yes, no, uh, no, no truth to the rumor. We'll be doing a special hangover breakfast show tomorrow morning. Uh, I mean, again, you can always call the Hancho's hotline, We were, 911. We were, <laughs> <yes>. we <were laughs> and we'll be to happy do a, to do a morning show for you. We'll we are going to work on having a,
0: a happy St. Honchos parade next year. Yes,
1: because they've all been canceled yet again. But they did dye the Chicago River green. At least I hope it's die.
0: Well, I don't think that was the official dying. I heard a, no, I, I heard a couple no. of patties jumped into a boat and dropped some uh, Mountain Dew
1: over the side, baby. <laughs> uh, yes, I don't think it was an officially sanctioned event by Cook County authorities uh, up there in <laughs> Chicago. So, But yes, a happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone. One day of the year when everybody, you know, gets their Irish on. Everybody, we all find some common ground.
0: And, and not the not so... Greatest way though, sometimes you know. No, no. Responsible, not you know. So,
1: definitely. But. Hey, remember this St. Patrick's Day. Please listen to the Han shows responsibly, and as always, in a socially distant manner.
0: Well said, Mister Cuny. So, what do we got Thank in you. store for us here on the
1: <laughs> cold? Well, it's <laughs> and it is cold. It's... God damn it! I know what happened to the nice weather we're having, but at least, hey, at least it didn't get dark here right before showtime, and I know. There's a lot of people out there who are still bitching and moaning about oh, snow or sleep daylight savings. Like
0: time. you did last show a couple Go, of yeah, months ago. Pound
1: sand. Go pound sand. <laughs> all right. It's, it's an it's an hour. Get over yourselves. Uh, all right. Um, it is St. Patrick's Day. So we have a special St. Patrick's Day themed cold open. I thought we would start the St. Patrick's Day festivities kicked off with a little St. Patrick's Day tribute from the Simpsons. stupid in that green dress, Lise. That's funny. I don't feel stupid.
0: Hey, everybody's wearing green. Oh, no. Happy St. Patrick's Day, loser. Ow, quit it. It's wearing of the green, Bart. Oh, pitch, pitch, pitch. No one's pinching. been St. Patrick's Day for hours, and I'm still not drunk yet. Oh, it's never going to be 9 o'clock. Oh, Mo, thank God you're here. We'd like to come in and drink, please. We kicked down the back door, but then there was a metal door. Yeah, all right, listen up. This is the busiest drinking day of the year.
1: Where are the designated drivers? Beat it. I got no room for cheapskates. And with that, I say, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. So here's a few... uh, Spoiler alert, there's going to be a map in this segment. We haven't had a good map of America story in a while, so buckle up, kids. So here are some surprising facts about St. Patrick's Day as we attempt to burst some mythical bubbles here. First of all, the real St. Patrick, and I'm sure my friend from Dublin already knows this, that the real St. Patrick was indeed born Keep it down, I'm Britain. drinking over here, please. Yes, I'm just going to talk and, and Paul's going to drink. Uh, there are no snakes around. For, I know this is the holiday celebrating the world's most famous exterminator, but there were no snakes around Blasphemy! St. Patrick's to banish from Ireland. Um, let's see. The first St. Patrick's Day parade was held in America.
0: Not true. Lies.
1: It is true. It is true. <laughs> yeah, the Irish are once scorned in America. That is very true. And right. here's my personal favorite. And still this is scorned. all from. The, yeah, still scorned. Uh, corned beef and cabbage, which we joke about being the typical Irish dish, was actually an American innovation. Lies,
0: sons I of, tell you, lies, you liar.
1: Sons of bitches. All right, let's talk about some traditions around the United States, including one that's really, talk about cuckoo nutty out in California. Well, it was. It was it's since been eliminated, but we'll talk about it in a moment. Uh, in New London, Wisconsin, uh, the city of New London, Wisconsin, changes all signs on the highway to New Dublin. Just for the day, stupid idiots. Okay, uh, in Portland, Maine, uh, they take the Paddy's Day plunge. Of Portland, Maine, involves jumping into the freezing Atlantic Ocean at five thirty in the morning, and those who brave the early alarm in the frigid waters then enjoy a free Irish breakfast, a live auction, and a raffle at a nearby restaurant. So that's one thing. Uh, let's see, in Chicago, Illinois, where we already talked about how they dye the city green. Uh In Hot Springs, Arkansas, they have the world's shortest uh Irish St Patrick's Day Parade because this street, according to Ripley's believe it or not, is the shortest street in everyday use in the world uh and this street, this parade route is a solid ninety eight feet long what's the
0: fucking point
1: then but they so they walk around it for an hour they walk up and down this ninety eight foot strip for an God hour shit. Which includes Elvis impersonators, a blarney stone kissing contest, and various other performances. And that brings us to the city of San Francisco.
0: By the way, Elvis
1: Elvis was Irish, wasn't he? uh, Of course, Elvis O. Presley. See, I'm even starting to slur my words. (laughs) Just like Elvis. Uh, All right, this is from the San Francisco Chronicle. Remembering the headline, remembering one of San Francisco's weirdest lost traditions, the St. Patrick's Day snake race. Now, before you get your minds firmly in the gutter, it's not that snake, okay? It's an actual snake, not the human snake. For about 25 years, between 1964 and 1988, KLBL, a popular San Francisco radio station known for its easy-listening music music rotation, caught the attention of San Franciscans every March by having not a parade, okay? not hanging out in an Irish bar, which they did, of course, but a snake race. Okay. Even though there were no snakes in Ireland, they still had the snake race. Um, here are the rules. Each has 10 seconds to complete a 16-foot course. About all the boa constrictors would have to do is stretch out, but they may not be that cooperative. And then two years later, it became an event where people just brought their own snakes. So it started out as a radio station offering up 16 boa constrictors, and you picked the one that would finish the course first. Two years later, everybody started to bring their own snakes for the snake race. In 1972, they had 60 snakes entered. And the cash there was a cash prize of $1,000 worth of radio airtime and $1,000 in cash. Okay, and then in 1980, the trouble began. And okay, when a garter snake named Anthra, who was favored to win, abruptly bit its owner Tom Patterson on the finger before the starting gun fired. And as you can imagine, things went downhill from there. Uh, that year's winning snake, by the way, Theodora, shot down a 20-foot track in 20 seconds, which organizers said may have been a record. Well, did, and just he to put a, did he dump no, oh. no and just to put a bow on this <laughs> get it? A bow on this story. The nineteen eighty-seven run was the last ever snake race by February of nineteen eighty-eight. Yes, the SPCA, sons of bitches, had successfully protested the race on the grounds that the ordeal the ordeal was cruel to animals. They certainly had a point years earlier in nineteen eighty. The San Francisco Chronicle reported that, quote, in the drive for victory, snakes were blown on, banged at, screamed at, enticed, and tickled. And I ask you, what the hell's wrong with any of those things? But it's been it has it's been 30, let's see, math, 33 years since the last snake race, and I think we're all Lesser for it.
0: Almost as long as the uh, last
1: time the Baltimore Orioles won a championship. <laughs> no, actually, it was it actually was it was after the Orioles won their last championship. All right. Woo. And we know. Now, last thing before we open up the sack of sports. The, what's the lucky charm of the Irish? The four-leaf clover, which actually doesn't exist. Uh, the shamrock, the three-leaf clover.
0: Lies. It's, it's supposed lies, to be. Lies, ladies and gentlemen.
1: It's supposed to be good luck. And so it, because of it's this time of the year when people talk about superstitions, both good and bad, uh, let's see. This site paysbig.com. I have no idea what they oh, actually don't do. Lie. But, but one thing they do is they did a survey, another one of these. Let's see what people are Googling survey. So they analyze Google search volume to find the most popular superstitions in every state across the country. Now, I'm not going to sit here and read off all the superstitions but i can tell you I hear the before, we, dakotas. before we get to the dakotas okay just a little bit of a uh, little bit of information here 83% of the people that were surveyed because they also did a survey apparently believe in good luck 50% believe in bad luck uh, let's see when you think of the phrase bad luck comes in threes and so the most third most common term was a tie between lucky rabbit's foot and friday the 13th Uh, The second most popular term was – this is a terrible article. So let's just get right to the – let's just get right to the state, shall we? Rob, bring up the content, folks. You asked asked about the Dakotas. Well, I just looked at the map. I didn't actually read some of the methodology, which is obviously suspect. Uh, Let's see. North Dakota – Throw salt over the I was, all, I was only joking.
0: I really don't, I don't care about yeah.
1: that. Well, the, there Give me something salts sexy, baby,
0: stroke. from, like, Louisiana and New Orleans and Louisiana or something. Well,
1: Louisiana's a lucky rabbit's foot. California, lucky pennies. Colorado, Friday the 13th. Ah, in Florida. Of course, Florida is going to be the oddball here. Uh, ladybug landing on you.
0: Really? If not it's an alligator almost is,
1: eating you? Yeah, that's considered bad luck. Right, an yeah. alligator's okay, but, oh, ladybug.
0: What about uh, New York
1: and Maryland, baby? Well, let's see. New York, the black cat crossing your path oh, apparently you was careful. the most freaked out superstition. I know. Why it it got to be black? Uh, Maryland was another throw salt over the shoulder state. And um, ah, Texas, lucky pennies. Both Pennsylvania and uh, Georgia said ladybugs were good luck as opposed to Florida, which apparently is panic stricken. About ladybugs in Oklahoma and Oregon, owls are considered a bad omen. Uh, I guess, sure. Um, you and got, you got a f- fifteen-state limit here, pal. Okay, well that's it. I'm just looking for ones that, are, that stand out. Oh, Massachusetts, the four-leaf clover.
0: Ah, be Jesus! Now they because, got it right
1: because it's Boston,
0: they got it right up there in yeah. Massachusetts, an Irish state. Oh, yeah. That's that's Irish northeast here in the United States, you know.
1: There's there's your your honcho's salute to uh, St. Patrick's Day. I'm looking forward to the ACLU sending us a demand letter anytime now.
0: Fantastic. Well, we hope you enjoyed your happy St. Honcho's cold open, because now... Oh, the drums are on, baby! It's time to talk some college, college sports, man! It's Marchos Madness! Honchos machos, madness, baby. That's all we got to talk about here in the NCAA. Who's going to win this whole damn thing? Woo, we're going to find out tonight because Rob and Paul's picks are the winners. You know that, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yes, and uh, we make no assurances other than we will pick a team that plays basketball to win. Uh, what you do with the information, win or lose, Hopefully not lose. Win or lose, it's on you. Please, this is for recreational purposes only. Um, a couple, a couple pieces of news before we get to the picks. Um, I love these drums, man. Yeah, I know Paul's enjoying the music. I can wait till you. You know, you're finished nah, over there. Going, you, I'm just okay, bag in my head. So you down. know, the, the specter of COVID, as we know, hangs over this tournament. We've already had issues with Duke dropping out of the ACC tournament and then deciding just to close the books on their season, they wouldn't have made the tournament anyway. Duke
0: dropped out? I have them win the whole thing.
1: Oh, well, okay. So when you hear Paul's – Paul apparently did his brackets from 2003. So if you're going to go back in a time machine, you can use his bracket. Anyway, so Kansas and Virginia also had issues with COVID right during their tournaments, and there's a possibility, slim as it may be, that – one or more members of those teams might not be able to play, if not the whole team. But, but the not NCAA out yet, is all right. So they don't know yet.
0: If they're on my so, sheet, it's still okay, right?
1: Yeah, they're still. the okay. Most likely, somebody's going to play wearing I the. Mean, I'm erasing
0: Steelers. everything else now because of the Duke thing. So,
1: um, but the committee, the NCAA tournament committee, has said uh, you need in order to field a team, if as long as you have five healthy players, they'll allow you to play. No word on on whether you have to have a coach, by the way. So, oh, okay. if you want to go in there with five I'm players, available. no substitutions, no subs, and no, God help you, if anybody fouls out, you can still field a team. Also, the NCAA tournament, because BYU is playing, and you know, there's issues about playing on a Sunday. Um, so they had said they have a contingency plan, the NCAA, if. Uh, BYU makes it into the Sweet 16, they will actually swap starting game starting times uh, with BYU and another team in another region in the event uh, that BYU makes it to the Sweet 16. Okay. Because there was Not a chance. point in 2003, apparently instead of a tournament selection committee erroneously scheduled BYU to potentially play a Sunday game in the second weekend Timing that violated the Mormon school's policy that prohibits competition on Sundays. So, the tournament, the tournament organizers have already said that's not going to happen again. So, if they make it to the Sweet 16, they'll do a little swapping, a little moving around, which is easy this year because all the games are in Indianapolis. If the games were spread out throughout the country like they normally are, that would be a problem. Yes. So, a little bit of a couple little tidbits for you from the newswire. Now we can dive headfirst. Into the tournament, which this year, for the first time since 1976, uh, in the same year, Kentucky and Duke are not in this year's tournament. That Those two teams, one or the other or both, have been in the, the tournament Wait, since a second, 1976. Kentucky's out too? Yeah, sorry. Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Again, falls bracket. That was my final. three. was Duke great. versus Kentucky. A nice Duke Kentucky final. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. All right, we're just uh, gonna do the,
0: uh, the sweet sixteen here and, and run down from there. We're not gonna start from all six hundred teams here, it would just take forever and we just don't know, have that long tonight.
1: Y- you've you've if you've listened to sports radio for more than a second and a half over the last, you know, several days, you've gotten everybody and their mother up oh, for some cases literally talking about the brackets. So we will give you just the sweet sixteen up through the winner and Use that information as you see fit. I, of course, did mine in pencil so that later on I can erase and say, look, I had that the whole time. Of course, it's also memorialized here on these podcast airwaves, so I'm kind of screwing myself there. All right. Um, Let's see. I had – let's start in the Gonzaga bracket. That's on the upper left. I had in the Sweet 16, so the four teams in their bracket, the Zags, Gonzaga, UVA, Uh, Kansas and Iowa pretty chalky in fact the whole thing despite this being such a wide open tournament it's a pretty chalky run for this guy for El Baldo so do you want to give us yours or do you want me to go through all of my sweet 16
0: Uh, again UCSB Hmm? Kansas and Iowa
1: gauchos that's a good pick all right and then in the Michigan region whatever you want I guess this would be well they don't have the the geographic regions this year I guess um, I had Michigan and Colorado and BYU. Hey, BYU, speak of the devil. And Alabama as the, my four in the um, – oh, it's the east region. It is the east region, the Michigan region. The west region was the Gonzaga one.
0: I got Michigan. I got Rotto, mm-hmm. I got probably um, in Christian. And then I'm going to take um, Bama, Bama Baby.
1: All right, that's a good call. Okay, in the south region, that's the Baylor side of the bracket. I had Baylor, Wisconsin, Winthrop, uh, and Purdue. I'm sorry, uh, Baylor, uh, Winthrop, uh, Arkansas, and Ohio State. So I had Winthrop beating Purdue to get to the Sweet 16. Those are my four in the south.
0: Well, I got Baylor. I got Villanovka. I got Tech. and uh, That's Texas Tech for all, all you folks out there. I know there's a lot yeah. of Techs. And Ohio.
1: Ohio State. All right, and then in the Midwest, my Final Four in the Midwest, beautiful part of the country, by the way. Yes, is Illinois, Oklahoma State with the presumed number one pick in next year's NBA draft, Cade Cunningham, San Diego State, which is my my bad picks. my tournament Cinderella, and Houston, which a number two seed. I have no clue that Houston was that good this year. All bad picks. Of course they are. Uh,
0: except for, uh, I got Illinois. I got the Illinois. Illinois. and Illini. Ill. Illinois. The Illini. Uh, then I got Tennessee. And then I got Moorhead. And uh, and then I'm going to take Houston.
1: You really took Moorhead State. Yeah, that's my dog horse,
0: baby. All the way You got to pick a dog horse.
1: All right. So that takes us now to the Sweet 16. So let's go to the regional finals in the West. I had uh, Gonzaga and Iowa. And then in a rematch of a game earlier this year, I had Gonzaga uh, coming out of the West.
0: All right. I and also I'm have sure. uh, Gonzaga, Gonzuga, Gonzaga and Iowa. And I got Iowa coming out, baby.
1: Oh, all right. From, uh, by the way, led by Me
0: and you going to have some fighting yep. going
1: led by uh, the DC area zone, Luca Garza. Right. All right. And then in the, in the, yes, he went to a local high school here. And then in the East, uh, I had Michigan and Alabama in the regional final with Alabama. Michigan has lost their best player livers, and I don't think they make it as far as the final four, but they get close. So Michigan, Alabama, with Alabama coming out of the east in the final four.
0: All right. I'm riding Rotto all the way here against Bama, and uh, then advances. Thank you very wow. much. All right. Hey, nice job. I used job. to live there. I'm going, what the hell? Another dark horse.
1: All right. And then in the south, um, I had Baylor and Arkansas. In the regional final with Arkansas coming out of the South,
0: I got Baylor in Ohio, and I got Baylor coming out, baby.
1: All right, again, we're, we're both of us like Elvis's colon, pretty chalky on this, uh, <laughs> on this, on this bracket. And then in the Midwest, I had Illinois and my my tournament darling, San Diego State University, coming out uh, in the regional final with because I didn't want to go a top four seed. In each region, I have San Diego State oh, coming out. That's so my terrible. my final four is Gonzaga, Alabama, San Diego State, and Arkansas. All right,
0: well, I got Illinois uh, taking on Moorhead State. There you go.
1: <laughs> and who com- <laughs> who's in the can't fo- who's co- <laughs> who's coming out of that region? Please tell me it's <laughs> Illinois. Please tell me you don't have Moorhead State. But in the unfortunately,
0: final four. Uh, the boys from Moorhead can't hang on, and they lose to uh, the Fighting Illini there. And then right. um, in my final. Uh, Four. I got Baylor playing Illinoises, Illinois, Illinois, Illinois. Come on, field the Illinois. <laughs> and then I got Iowa and Rado over there on the other side.
1: By the way, do you know what famous New Yorker played his college ball at Moorhead State? Frank Sinatra. I don't think he played college football. No, uh, I th- the, the the immortal Phil Sims. Oh, Phil Sims himself from Aiden Moorhead Sing. State. All right. Um, I said no. I didn't say singer. I said. Immortal college. All right, so who's coach. going to the final? Okay, so then I, in the final, I have uh, Gonzaga and San Diego State, an all-West Coast final, and I have Gonzaga hoisting whatever oh. the trophy's name is. So typical. No courage. <laughs> One shining no moment. No courage. All right. I have I got a lot got of Iowa courage co- San Diego State. I got Diego Iowa State.
0: coming out. This is the pick that you all need to pay attention to. I got okay. Iowa coming out, and the in the line I go all the way, baby, and cut down the nets. At the end, of a whole. Yeah, shebang. I thought
1: about Illinois, but a lot of people are picking Illinois, and so I wanted to go against the grain. And we such
0: are the elite; those of us picking the Illini. Okay. Okay. I may not be able to pronounce them very well, but I sure as hell am picking them. So there you go, folks. We'll
1: see what Football happens. College
0: basketball predictions here.
1: We will. We will revisit these picks next week because by next week, uh, we'll be in the. It'll uh, be time for the Sweet Sixteen. So anyway, just to, to fill everybody in, remember this year's tournament. The time has been shifted, so no. instead of Thursday through Sunday, are we in a matrix, Rob. Yeah, be spent, sometimes it feels that way. Instead of Thursday through Sunday, this week it's Friday through Monday, and then next week it's Saturday through Tuesday. Hmm. So, so, and you that's have
0: to, you have to move around all your yes.
1: So that is primarily, I presume, to allow for COVID testing and. Transportation and other logistics. All your so it's not going to be, around. when we get to the final four, it's going to be the normal uh, Saturday and Monday sort of extravaganza. But the first two weekends, it's all messed up. But hey, instead of Thursday and Friday, you get Friday and Monday. Instead of Thursday and Friday, the following week, you get Monday and Tuesday. So what's not to like? The play in games, the first four, are tomorrow night. You want to the- them, Rob? I will actually watch the one that's the late game, which is Michigan State UCLA, which is two teams you don't normally Michigan expect State? to find. Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State. That's right. Two teams See, you don't Mom, normally. Mom, I'm learning. Fly. Mom, I know you're listening. Mom, I'm learning. Yeah, he's uh, he he does he can be taught. By the time we
0: get to episode seventy-eight, I will be able to speak uh, the great Yiddish and Jewish tongue. I will tell you this. Yiddish.
1: I don't know that I'm going to make it to episode 78, but hey, if what were you doing this show with, I hope that Yiddish becomes a big part of it.
0: Woohoo! All right, folks, so we'll keep checking back here on these picks. Uh, again, um, Mr. Cuny has the Gonzuga guys, and I have the Illinois peoples to win the whole thing. So it's on its way. Hey, in all seriousness, it's great that they're having the tournament, it's great that yep. it's back. Uh, all of us are sports fans. You know, me and Rob doing the sports show. I mean, we're so lucky that sports is going on. I mean, it's it's, it's a fun time of the year now as well too. March Madness going on. Uh, hockey's just reached its midway point. Baseball starting, and Rob NFL is just free over the moon about <laughs> the MLS starting here soon too. And we're going to
1: talk oh, about abso- that later absolutely. On. I know, can't so. wait. I'm already wearing this. I've got my scarf ready. Yes, <laughs> my DC United scarf or whatever they call those things.
0: All right, time to leave the dorm rooms (laughs) and head to the ice for some hockey, the hardwood for some hoops, and some MLB hot stove. We like to call this hockey hoops and hardball. Come on, Rob, clap your hands.
1: Let's go. Oh man, I'm clapping my fingers. Clapping his fingers. Woohoo! I love this, baby. I'm doing an Irish trick, A little skating.
0: A little three-point action. Some baseball, baby. Love it. Yanks going all the way, baby. Woo-hoo. That's a parade we're going to have in November right here in downtown New York. The Blasio's going to open up the whole city. Cuomo's going to be the, uh, what do they call the guy at
1: the parade? Cuomo. He'll be resigned by then. Um, and Paul what? and I will promise to do a live Honchos broadcast from the Canyon of Heroes. Yes. Be <laughs> there
0: or be square.
1: Hopefully, we can even get one of our own convertibles Woo. driving us through the old canyon. Have you ever been, by the way, to those parades they have in the Canyon of Heroes?
0: 1994,
1: baby. That's New what I York thought. Strangers, baby. No Yankee parades? Huh? You've never been I to got of the exhausted. There's so
0: many Yankee parades, you know, no, it gets okay. exhausting yeah. after a while. <laughs> I just
1: sort of walked right into that one, didn't I?
0: <laughs> I know you folks down in Maryland, especially in the Baltimore area, you know, you don't have lots of parades down there, so. Sorry. Oh, Wait, have, did, we, did you go to the we, Ravens parades? No. Oh, see. No, that's not, just, my, that's, that's not not my team. you the wrong team. teams, buddy. That's not picking my team. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I I did go, you're picking the wrong teams.
1: I, the last one I went to was the Capitals.
0: Dude, man, you've been if you had a, I mean, okay, you got the caps right, but man, mm-hmm. if you had been a Ravens fan and a National fan, I mean, jeez, yeah, sure. A uh, if, if, of the of course, day. If could,
1: I could just thumb my way through the newspaper and go. I know no one reads newspaper anymore. Thumb my way through the standings and just say, well, this team is in first place. Look, look, ma, I'm a fan of this team now. Sure, I could do that. You it's could like saying, do. you know, 19, 1989, I could have said, hmm, Chicago Bulls. I think I'll be a fan of them for mm, the next eight seasons, seven seasons, whatever it was.
0: So look, Pick a winner.
1: You're too busy I, picking losers. I, uh, oh, brutal. I could have said something go ahead. equally Come equally on. bitchy. Come no. on, tough guy. No. Say it. No, Come you on. Know I love you. No. Oh. oh no. See, no, sir.
0: Oh, was it going to be personal? Was it going to be personal? No. Of course not. Is that where we're going to go here? You're not blushing. You're turning all red. Oh you look, look. You look like an Irish guy on the beach right now. Thank you. <laughs>
1: we have breaking news on the honcho. Oh,
0: well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're driving on the road right now, <laughs> Robert Cooney,
1: honcho headliner, has I believe news. this Go. is this is I not for the NFL. Sakes, I segment. hope it's good news. I hope nobody's dead. No. Uh. No, but but, but uh, we are gonna talk to an obituary segment because oh, it's sports honchos. Uh Curtis Samuel. One of the two biggest names, biggest free agent-wide receivers on the market, along with Kenny Galladay, has signed with three years, $34.5 million with my Washington Woofskins. He only got so, $34 mil Over three years, yeah.
0: That's disgusting. Usually they get that, you know, just for like a half a season in the NFL. Yeah, What's, well. That's a low ball. Why do you take that?
1: Uh, well, because, three look, years? it's... it's it's the third day of the free agency period. And the, no, there were no receivers that were being signed, um, and the market was starting to depress. And the Wolfskins took advantage of it. So, you know, I mean, people were getting signed left and right, and these receivers uh, were kind of left be running out of money.
0: Back. They must be running out of money all of a sudden. That's not a lot of money for an no. NFL guy.
1: No, it's a it's a bargain. I'll take it. It's less you than eleven half million a year. Is this guy going to help your team? He's, he's great. He's not only a receiver, Your but nameless he can team? take the ball out of the backfield. He's one of those guys that can do it all. He's a good receiver. Again, he can run out of the backfield, catch out of the backfield. He's speedy. Um, you put him with Terry McLaurin. And now that we have Ryan Fitzmagic, I know this is not the NFL segment, but things are looking – I don't awesome. want to say looking up because it is the Wolfskins after all, but things are looking like they're moving in the right direction. So. Anyway, a little breaking news. Sorry can we to interrupt. Go on the ice the... Right
0: now? Get away from that yes. awful football team Sorry. with no name. Thank you very much.
1: Wasn't that a song from by America? National I've been through the desert League. on a football team it's with no name. It felt good to get out of the green team with no name. Yeah. You when know, in cold, the desert,
0: the Washington.
1: You know, Paul, in the desert, you yes. can remember your name because there ain't no one for to give you no shame. Or is it's it Shane?
0: It's, it's true. It's true. There must be must have been some night of mushrooms when those guys wrote that song. <laughs> I tell you that much. Anyway, um, let's go to the ice. Uh, near and dear to your heart. We gotta put the hands together for Mr. Alex Ovechkin. Uh, scored his seven hundred and eighteenth goal last night against the filthy Icelanders. Stop there eleven. 11- I mean, more important to me than the goal, Rob, is he stopped the Islanders. Point streak, yeah. win streak, everything streak. I've had enough of the Islanders up here. All they've been doing is beating the Sabres and the Devils. The fan base thinks they're going to the championship. And, you know, finally, somebody stepped up. They finally played a team that was halfway decent, and they got their butts kicked. So congratulations yeah. to Mr. Ovechkin. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, tip of the hat, obviously, to Phil Esposito, one of my favorite guys in hockey for years. Not so much when he was a coach and GM of the Rangers. He destroyed the team at the time. But uh, other than that, Love Phil, one of my favorite guys and he was one of my favorite Rangers as a kid. So, uh, full marks to Ovi, Uh, Espo gave him great uh credit there and uh congratulations and everything else and that's no joke. Alex is obviously one of if, if not the most elite player in the National Hockey League. Doesn't get hurt, just plays, scores goals, has a championship. And Russian he's, machine he's, never he's a break. Russian machine and he's got a he's got a great chance at winning another championship this year too.
1: Yeah, I mean and and they were, you know, people say, is the window closing? Is he getting old? And he just keeps on plugging away. Um, the Caps have now won six in a row. Not coincidentally, they've won every game of the Tom Wilson suspension. They got one more game tomorrow night without Wilson. Then he comes back on Saturday. Um, they're playing great hockey. They got and they now have the uh, the Vanacek and Samsonov combination in goal. You no, know, that's starting to click and. Um, you know, the team is old and not as fast as other teams, but boy they can score. What's their okay, problem man? is, their problem is they get up to these big leads and they kind of take it easy. In too many games I see it they get a, a two nothing, three nothing, four nothing okay. lead and they end up winning 5 to 4, which is fine as long as they win, but you know, when you get to the playoffs, that's not going to do you very well.
0: Do me a favor, pal. I'm going to tell you something right now. Yes. Coach Laviolette and these guys, okay? We're halfway through the season except for the Dallas Stars. I think they have like 40 games they got to catch up on. But, you know, you got Labs in there behind the bench. You have an older team here, yes, but they're a damn good team. And Ovechkin could be uh, a power play specialist for another 10 years. Mm -hmm. If he retires, he could just go out in the power play, put him up in that slot above the circle and home run, baby. But I think the Caps are doing it right. There's no reason... They don't have to go and try and win this division. They probably will because Boston's struggling. A you know, they're in and out. Philly's in and out. Pittsburgh's, you know, they just lost Malkin, too. The Islanders, like I said, solid team, love trots, all that other stuff. But, man, let's see what happens with their upcoming schedule. They lost Anders' Lee their captain, so this things are going to shake up a little bit for the Islanders. And it's not about how you are now at the halfway point. It's how you are at the end of the season. And that brings right. me back to the Caps. And I think if this team just stays healthy, uh, they made some off-ice you know, off changes, a little different chemistry, big thing about a coach and his system and everything else. Um, but I think these guys are going to be all right. I think the Caps are going to be the team to beat as far as I'm concerned uh, when it comes down to this division and in the playoffs. So I, they're my well, favorite
1: to go the, to the finals. The, the interesting thing is when we get to the playoffs, you know, all, every team has only played the teams in their division. So when we get to the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, the teams they're going to end up playing outside of their division will have no, they'll have film obviously on Vanacek, but no one's, ever, no one will have played him, and so there's that unknown, that mystery about Vanacek, could work to the the Caps' advantage. I mean, they have young goaltenders who are both now performing very well, and that gives me, that does give me hope. And look, it, just because I said they're older and slower doesn't mean they're not a, still a powerhouse team. Um, but you're right. They don't have to win the whole thing. Every playoff season now, after they won the Cup, every season is sort of a playing with house money. Let's see how far you get. But, hey, this group of guys brought us the Stanley Cup. So you've they, there's a lot of a lot of credit built up in the bank, if you know what I'm saying. For
0: this all right, team. buddy. Here, here's what's going on, all right? So they got – just watch watch the Caps possibly start pulling away. They've got the Rangers twice this weekend, okay? Now mm-hmm. – the Rangers could possibly split, but they're really up and down. They, they mean they just have a hard time. Like I said, with they've got if they lose to Philly tonight, the Rangers might start the ship start, might start to sting sink, I should say.
1: The ship is sinking.
0: Yeah, then <laughs> then they're, they're, gonna, they're gonna get four days break, right? And then they got they're gonna tee up against the Devils, and then two more with the Rangers again. They're gonna have one with the Islanders, and then it's Devils, Love Islands again, and then a tough game against Boston, and then you know. They can beat Boston. They can beat Philly. And then they got Buffalo again. And then it gets a little tough there. They got some great matchups coming up. We'll see if the Islanders are are, are real, you know, when they get to um, April here. And, you know, Boston, too, has got to just kind of plow through injuries and everything else. But um, the next couple of weeks, the Caps could really start banking some points and maybe pulling away a little bit.
1: Well, that that Lee injury that you mentioned, you know, out for the season with a torn ACL, I mean, right now – the that it's, you know, you got the Islanders, the caps, the Panthers, the lightning at 42 points and the Islanders and the caps are certainly running away from the rest of the division. Um, I mean, the next closest team is, uh, Pittsburgh at 37 points. So, you know, I'd like to see us, you know, beat up on these, on the lesser lights, put some distance between us and the other teams. I don't know, but, and, and with, with this injury to, to Lee, who knows how this impacts the Islanders? Certainly, they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, but this a, this could this a could help us.
0: Coming up, they they might yeah. go and try and replace somebody for Lee. You know, we'll see what yeah. happens.
1: This could certainly this stretch could certainly help us put at least some distance between the other teams. Maybe not so much the Islanders, but have the Islanders be our main worry as opposed to the rest. I mean, there was a time the the the, the Caps were sinking. We thought they were done. They had this losing streak, and and it was looking like the team was falling apart. But see, here's the difference between a guy like Todd Reardon, you know, Kevin from The Office, who uh, had no coaching experience at this level when you get to some rough times and a a grizzled veteran like LaViolette, not to mention, again, having two really good and young goaltenders and having guys like Ovechkin. um, That's the difference between a coach that's been there and a coach that hasn't is when you get to these rough patches, the team just rides it out. That's one thing that makes me confident about this team is they're not going to get rattled. They're not going to yeah, get surprised. They're not going to fall apart. Yeah. Yep. And that's what you need with an experienced team like this. You need the experienced coach, not an experienced team and a novice coach. It doesn't work. The caps tried that for years. They had Ron Wilson, who was a seasoned coach, gone to the Stanley cup finals. Then they went through a, a, just a series of coaches who had no pro experience, never did anything. Bring in the guy like trots, who even though his playoff success was not, anything to write home about. Rarely ever made it to the second round. So never got out of the second round, but he was a veteran coach who knew how to handle pressure situations, could work with an experienced team. And look what happened They win the Stanley cup. And then Ted Leonsis says, all right, thanks for the cup. See ya. We're going to bring in one guy. If you can win the cup, certainly one of your guys from the bench can win the cup. And we know, as somebody once said, just because you sit next to the legendary coach doesn't mean you are the legendary coach. Mm. So, you know, I no, I and that was not me that said that, but I heard that somewhere and I thought that was great. Talking about when Davy Martinez was named manager of the Nats after being a bench coach or you know, one of the coaches for Joe Madden with the Cubs. And the line was, well, just because you sit next to Joe Madden doesn't mean you are Joe Madden. So Anyway, experienced coach makes all the difference. That's why I was thrilled when the Caps, when Leon said, "Okay, fine, let's go the route of the experienced coach and look where they are."
0: And buddy, like I said, while the uh, Caps are going to be playing, you know, six games against the Rangers and the Devils, the Islanders without their captain now, top guy is going to—they have a bit of a grinder coming up. They got back to back with Philly. Uh, no, they got three games with Philly, and you know Philly's desperately going to want these points too. So those are going to be tough games. And then they got uh, back-to-back with Boston and then two versus Pittsburgh before they play you guys first week in April. So, like I said, this is the time. I think the Caps are going to probably uh, – they know it. They're going to look at the schedule right now. They see what's I'm look.
1: Going. I'm looking at the schedule, by the way. We have the last – let's see, the six, four of our last eight games are against – the penguins i thought we'd already played all of our requisite game against the penguins seems like we play the penguins every other game i know everyone plays each other seven or eight times whatever it is but it just feels like it's a lot of games against the penguins
0: yeah i mean the, the, the scheduling this year is obviously very tough to get used to with uh, the divisional play and we yeah. can see how this is is going good for some teams and then it's mixing it up and then you know we can swing over now to the buffalo sabers who no. had their coach fired, Ralph Kruger? Which we thought that was going to happen a long time, and then there was talk like there was no way he was going anywhere. But man, Twelve 11 in games, a row. eleven losses in a row, and just well, a dirty dozen. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I'm I'm one day behind, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean their, their main guy, Eichel, has been struggling with injuries. Uh, obviously, been in rumor talks of trades. You know, uh, I think Hall took a puck to the face last night. Um, just Skinner, lots of issues with Skinner before he got back on the ice. Guy's just struggling. You know, Olmark, uh, he went through some stuff, you know, obviously him in the Nets with his uh, father passing away, and then he came back, was playing pretty good, and then he gets injured. But, you know, Rob, you know, we, we joke here about uh, franchises and we bust chops, you know, uh, yeah, the many years between wins and losses and stuff. And, um, but some teams at least get to championship rounds or conference finals and everything else. You know, it's been a, a mighty long time, 21 years since, you know, 1999 when Buffalo got into the finals there against Dallas and then obviously lost that, that game and, you know, uh, the overtime there with uh, Hull and the whole controversy and everything else. So, But there's been just an incredible amount of misery and loss and up and down and ownership. Obviously, Pagouli's been there for a while now, and he kind of changed things around. But, man, if you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, I j- you know, they're not the only team, obviously, that's just been down to the dumps, but they're one of the basically dead weights in the league now for a couple of decades. And unfortunately, and I feel so bad for the fans right now, they're just this hole is really, really deep. And if even if you're a, a head coach, I mean, do you want this gig? Do you look at this lineup? Do you want it? You know, uh so it'll be interesting to see what happens in Buffalo, but man, every other, you know, year or, Every couple of years, they're always trying to climb out of something. Yeah. And, and You know, it's, you, it's you
1: mentioned you. you mentioned 99 when they went to the cup finals. You remember the year before they were in the Eastern Conference finals against the Caps and what was a, a, a brutal slugfest. Um, and I remember thinking, you know, Dominic Hashik, there's just how are we going to beat this guy? Yeah, you know, he was amazing. Uh, just and he played seemingly forever. I mean, look, Buffalo was relevant when I was a kid. You know, I remember that was those were the, the, the Fontaine days, and then you go later into the '90s when 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 Hoshik becomes their goalie, and they always seem like a relevant team, and maybe not in terms of winning cups, but they always were right there in the mix. It seemed like always had good players, known players. Now, you know, they got Eichel right in the same year that McDavid was the number one pick. Who was number two, right? I believe he was. Mc- no, McDavid was first. Then it yes. wasn't Eichel, the second pick in that same draft. Isn't Eichel always hurt? It seems like. He never is on the ice. I mean, I know he obviously does play, but it seems yeah, like I mean, he gets hurt a lot,
0: yeah, I mean, it it's, seemed it's,
1: to be snake bit that pick, which yeah. was supposed to do for them what McDavid did for Edmonton, seems to have backfired. and that has sent the team sort of spiraling out of control since then.
0: yeah, no, absolutely which I is mean, a shame it's and it's a it's a it's a super city. The fans yep. are amazing. It's a great hockey town, obviously, in, in North arms. They had a times. great building,
1: the odds. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I've been there. I went to the old building, you know, and then they got the new one. And, uh, like, Pagula put in millions and millions of dollars upgrading their facilities. I mean, everything. I mean, from Ted Nolan trying to get him back in there. They've said so many different things. That the issue with Pat LaFontaine when he was going to take over uh, operations there. I mean, there's just so many. they Phil filled behind the bench. Um his name is That's Mason the guy right I now. couldn't think of. Yeah, the other guy Did you mention him the uh, the guy who coached the Penguins too? Uh they had another coach in there who oh, I thought it was going to do pretty well there. He won the um he won a Stanley Cup with the Penguins. Not the Sullivan, but the guy that was before. him. I can't remember. I think he took over for He took over Jacques Martin and then Look, it'll come up later. We'll, yeah. We're just me and Robert being lazy right now. We're not Googling it up. Right. But, uh, oh, uh, Dan, I got it. And Balsma. Bealsma. You, yeah. you say I see Balsma, icy Balsma? Something like that. But you say tomato, I too. say Bielsma. Yeah. Phil Housley. <laughs> so they've they've tried everything and unfortunately. Mogilney,
1: remember they had Alexander Mogilney. Those were the good old days. Well, I told you, they were always relevant.
0: Well they were prior to, you know, uh Lindy's rough obviously the runs there at the end right. of the nineties. Those were the early nineties, but that was those were just fantastic teams too. LaFontaine, and McGillney. I went up there in ninety one and, and watched those guys play and it was uh it was amazing, you know. Those it's were a shame.
1: Drugs. Yeah, it's a shame to see what's happened to this franchise. And I remember Ted Nolan. He, what a what a spitfire that guy was. Yeah, yeah. He uh, got into a little bit of trouble, I believe, which is why you never saw him <laughs> coaching again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, I, It's not the kind of. I, I don't mean like legal trouble. I mean, you know, some personal life trouble. I, I the rumor has it that's why he was sort of blackballed unofficially from the NHL. Um,
0: Hopefully they can figure it out over there. Up there, I should say, a Buffalo. We'll see what goes on. Hey, did you see this? I was just gandering here at some NHL news. Speaking of uh, coaches, the entire Rangers coaching staff cannot coach tonight. Uh, this is the NBC game tonight. Uh, Rangers COVID? coach David Quinn, assistants Jock Martin, Dave, David Oliver, and Greg Brown will not be available to coach against the Philadelphia Flyers at Madison Garden tonight in accordance with the NHL COVID-19 Protocols. Chris Knobloch, coach of the Hartford of the American Hockey League, the Rangers affiliate, will play, replace Quinn tonight. Wow, Chris Knobloch, wow. their uh the Wolfpack coach, is going to coach the Rangers tonight on national TV. Congratulations, wow, congratulations, coach.
1: Wow, good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's not too much pressure. Now I got a little hey. funny,
0: a little funny thing on this, and I'll turn back over you. Is okay. The big, the, the screaming and yelling up here in New York is about David Quinn, right? So mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. If they win tonight on the Knoblock, the fans are just going to go oh. nuts.
1: <laughs> nuts. No, yeah, really. That's the worst-case scenario. You told me by this time, By I remember I was talking about, that David Quinn would be fired by now.
0: Hold on. I said a couple weeks ago he we had six games. He went four and two. Hmm. And then the joke is now, as I've turned it around, as you know, on my Rangers podcast, I gave him another six games. Oh, okay. So he, sp- he split with boss He lost. No, actually, he lost the two to pittsburgh right Hmm. then they split with boston okay and then as far as i'm concerned the loss the other night to the flyers
1: it set the franchise back for years (laughs) so what's this guy's name knoblock like the former yankee second baseman chuck knoblock this guy if this guy chris knoblock wins then quinn ought to start looking at the real estate ads (laughs) oh my god it's just gonna be too funny
0: but there you go man so that's some funny stuff and that's on the uh the national uh broadcasting network there on nbc tonight uh, wow uh, so fire that up the rangers
1: Ooh, no yeah, pressure uh, there woo. i guess you'll have lots to talk about tonight on your Rangers show
0: yes we hey, will there's a there's a
1: there's a, a plug for nice, nice, one nice of your plug. podcasts
0: all right let's <laughs> talk about uh basketball players uh buying stock or interest in ownership into baseball teams
1: yeah i'm not much news here in terms of you know interest it's just lebron james who already is part owner of uh uh, Liverpool, the English Premier League champion, is now joined the Fenway Sports Group as a partner, giving him an ownership stake in its subsidiaries, which include the Boston Red Sox. In addition to Liverpool Football Club, Roush Fenway Racing, and the regional sports network NESN, which I guess is the New England Sports Network.
0: Very good, uh, very good, Rob. Excellent.
1: So yeah, I mean, he's he's always wanted to own teams. He's certainly an entrepreneur. And look, anything that LeBron James seems to get involved with seems to do well. And I use the word seems now three times in the same sentence. I profusely apologize. It seems a little obnoxious. It is. It's very unseemly of me. All right, that's enough. Uh, Let's see. He also was trying to, uh, if not purchase the WNBA's Atlanta Dream, but at least facilitate transfer of ownership from the former owner, Uh, to current owner Renee Montgomery, uh, who's now the owner of the Atlanta Dream. So get the bell ready. That dream is over. Ah, There you go. That's for you. you. Thank you very much. And here's the wacky thing before we put this story to bed. Jones, Jones, James has long said he's a fan of Boston's historic rival, the New York Yankees, and he's publicly rooted for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So odd that a Yankee fan owns the Red Sox. So who knows? Wouldn't it be great? And I know he's, Probably has very little saying how the team is actually run, uh, but wouldn't it be great if he's like, hmm, I like the Yankees. How can I dismantle the Red Sox even further? I mean, I am the owner after all. I can just walk in and go, "All right, you're traded. You're cut. You're done. Get out." You know, <laughs> I mean, again, he's the owner. I'm not not a majority stake owner, but he is one of the guys signing the checks. He didn't you know he plunked down. Uh, You know, it doesn't say how much he plunked down. Um, Let's see. With the Red Sox, James gets limited partnership. Uh, The team's value is over $3 billion. Wow. a, A billion. A billion. So it doesn't say how much of a stake he owns, what his investment was. I'm sure you can find that out. But I don't think it's enough to make wholesale changes. But, again, it's glorious to think about if you're a Yankee fan, of a Yankee fan owning the Red Sox. I mean, come on. Slowly, you get your revenge, or maybe like George Costanza, you can make them all wear you know polyester uniforms again
0: yes, good choice <laughs> we will wait for the uh it'll be- interesting if uh some headlines come out down the road or bring back changes.
1: bring back real flannel like they used to wear you know <laughs> back in the good old days of no, how know, about tr- speaker and vinyl,
0: vinyl zippered baseball oh. uniforms. <laughs>
1: God, maybe they'll just they'll take a cue from all those old White Sox. Remember the White Sox uniforms with the shorts and those I, little square. You know, hats? I, I
0: tried to block that out of my mind, and you just brought that back. Kind of like the pants in hockey, the old Flyers oh, and the, the Whalers when they wore the pants.
1: Just, it's just, Horror show. It's awful. <laughs> well, look, Sometimes. congrats to LeBron. He makes enough yeah. money every half hour, so good for him. Look, again, it's gonna whatever whatever he puts his mind to, whatever he invests in, does well.
0: He is the man's a winner. Mean. He's a champion, I mean,
1: man. Yep, and he's he yeah, you know, and guys on the court and off the court. So.
0: Hopefully, he brings bad luck to the Boston Red Sox.
1: Maybe, and again, I like to think maybe that's why he did it.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: just to Rock screw on
0: with him. LeBron. So, buddy, yep. um, some uh, rule changes maybe going on in the minor leagues, the mid minor yeah. leagues.
1: Yeah, this uh, or year is it's called
0: the uh, what is it? The professional um, Bat Boy League now or something?
1: It's, it might as well be. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of anger up here in this area. We had a, a minor league team, an a, A-level team in Frederick, the Frederick Keys, which is about 20 minutes up the road from where I'm sitting. So I'll pick and you up on the way. It was a great show. They put on a – I mean, the product was pretty good. They put on a great show for the fans, very fan-friendly, Not that, and that was wait, one of the teams on. that
0: got contracted. Is The show that you're talking about, is it the show in the stands, like the free T-shirts or is it the actual product on the field? I'm
1: talking, I guess the whole game day experience, the product in the field was pretty so good. You're a
0: cotton candy, t-shirt gun kind of guy. And, and for the, you know, well, for,
1: for a minor league park, the food was good and it was inexpensive. So if you're looking for a baseball that was affordable, the Frederick Keys. No, they're not a sponsor. They didn't pay me to say this. I just remember it's okay going to going to Frederick Keys games. And now you can plug there's the little pe- guys here, Rob. A lot of people in that in Frederick um, are pissed because MLB contracted. You know, when they contracted 40 teams from the minor leagues, that was one of them. So, you know, uh, Rob Manfred killing the game. Anyway, speaking of killing the game, there's rule changes they're testing this year. And you know what that means. That means that they're testing them at the minor league level. They're slowly going to creep up to the major league level to join, you know, seven-inning doubleheaders and a runner starting on second base in extra innings. So here's here's the rules. And and I'll, there's most of them, I think, are kind of – Kill the game. And others, a couple of them actually I think are pretty good if done right. Um, slightly larger bases with a less slippery surface, triple A. I mean that's, that's a nothing burger. Now here's, here's one. The requirement that all four infielders have their cleats within the outer boundary of the infield dirt when the pitch is delivered. This is an attempt to cut down on shifting. Look, let me just say this about the shift. I think this is dumb what they're doing. Paul, you and I have played, you know, beer league softball, right? You played uh, softball as a kid, too. right? Yes. What happens when a a, a a big a big time hitter gets to the plate? What do all the people in the outfield do? Back up, baby. They back up. How many times have you been at bat and the pitcher or somebody in the info goes, "Hey, this guy's a hitter." Everybody back up. That, you know, and that's what do you do? Because they used to move in for me. Uh, does
0: that mean anything? No. Yeah. I
1: used to hold the I was bat, a line the, drive hitter, baby. Yeah, I would hold the bat with the wrong end. Also oh, okay. you know, we're both in the same boat. Um, so what do you do when that happens? Right? What is what did Tom Berenger in Major League do when he, you know, he called his shot for a home run? He turned around, he bunted. What do you do when they back up for a big hitter? You bunt or you hit a you know a line drive single, a Paul Cuthbert, if you will. Okay. So this idea that the shift should somehow be illegal, hey, you're a professional hitter. Why don't you start hitting it where they're not standing? Mm-hmm. If they back up out of the infield The drag bunt down the third baseline is a dead art. Everybody wants to, you know, walk, strike the three true outcomes, walk, strike out, home run. So this idea that you have to be standing, it doesn't matter how many infielders are on, you don't have to have two on each side, but all the infielders have to be in the infield dirt when the pitch is delivered. Again, just, you know, learn how to hit it where, where they ain't, as somebody once said. A requirement that pitchers must step off the rubber to attempt to pick off. That's the Andy Pettit rule and the John Lester rule to stop left-handers from just a high leg kick and then throwing it over to first base to catch runners trying to steal. A limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. Uh-huh. So on the third attempt, if, if the runner gets the base, let's see. Uh, yes, if the runner is not thrown out on the third attempt, the move is ruled a bulk and any runners are automatically awarded the next base. Um, a fifteen-second pitch clock that I'm all in favor of, and uh, the automatic, the robotic ball and strike system. Though those last two are at low A only. The fifteen-second pitch clock and the automatic ball, the uh, robotic balls and strike collar. That those I'm fine with. You know, I realize some people say, "Well, that takes the human element out of the game." Well, you know what? It should be one strike zone. <laughs> it, it, the strike zone is supposed to be from you know letters to to knees, not depending on who the hitter is and who the umpire is. And people have to understand there's a difference between the game being a slow, a long game and a game being a slow pace. I don't care if the game is seven hours, if it's entertaining, but I don't want that five of those seven hours to be guys wandering around the mound, stepping out of the batter's box, adjusting themselves, readjusting themselves, going through all the gyrations. And then throw like
0: that though, man, come on.
1: I guess (laughs) if you say so, Anyway, I'll be curious to see which of these actually make it up to the to the major leagues. I certainly hope the, the uh, limit of two pickoff attempts and the requirement that the pitchers must step off the road. Uh, let's not take the fundamentals out of the game for some fake entertainment value. The only thing on here that I think is I any want substance is
0: to speed up suffer the, pace. the same boredom we had to suffer years ago, okay? Same thing. Don't change no. anything.
1: Look, if it means more more actual hits and fundamental baseball and small ball, I'm How all about for you that to too. Hit the ball. How about that? Huh. That's what the yeah. game's about? You're a professional hitter. If everybody's lined up on the left, I'm pretty certain you didn't make it to make the major the leagues. On the only being able to hit one place. I know. If you hit the ball over the fence, doesn't matter where they line up. Well, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but still, I, I just I think some of these rules. Most of them are just because players have complained too much that they can't – it's not fun for them. You know what? You're professional baseball players. You're paid a lot of money to play a game, figure out how to hit it where they ain't. I wish I could remember what Major League baseball players said that. It was Wayne Gretzky. Uh, You're right. When he played baseball, (laughs) he said hit it where they ain't. So, yeah. We'll see if those there. They're experimental this year. Only I'm sure they're going to be sticking around a while. And if Rob Manford's in charge, all the bad rules that I don't like will certainly be a part of the fabric of the game.
0: All right. Well, speaking of balls and sticky stuff, it's yeah. time. <laughs> I'm yeah. <gonna> vomit. <laughs> On the Happy Saint
1: Hot Show, hey friends, we have new copy for NCAA tournament time from our good friends at Manscaped. You know. This tournament season, take care of your hair and holes <laughs> just, with the best <laughs> tools for the job. We're talking about our sponsors, Manscaped, the global leaders in male grooming from head to toe. You know, when the clock winds down in March, be clutch and avoid the upset with the Manscaped performance package to keep all your hair and holes tamed. Woo! Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Wanna- Join the Manscaped. Yep, you got two right here. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today with 20% off and... And what, Paul? Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't say it. And free shipping. And free shipping? By going to manscaped.com and using code HONCHOS for our exclusive offer. Your bracket isn't supposed to be perfect, but with the Manscaped performance package, you can be confident that your nose, ear, and ball pubes are... You know... Long nose hair is icky. Oh, yes. And I remember this one time. I looked I like I see one well
0: now. I know you folks out there can't see it, but I'm looking at Rob this old oh man. I tell right you above one time the left side I looked, of his lip there, it's disgusting.
1: I looked like a freaking walrus. And what? I was distraught. And I you know what? Much like when I try to groom myself south of the equator, there I was wondering what do I do with this rusty menorah? Ah, I know. Oh. How about I'll trim the old nose near hair? You know what, folks? That's not eight crazy nights worth of fun, I can tell you that. So, the Manscaped Performance Package to the rescue. The Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and number one overall seed this season. Hey, he said seed. Yes, Included in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. It provides proprietary skin-safe, trademark, technology which helps reduce Stevie Nicks' Snags and tugs in those delicate <laughs> holes. <laughs> Look, fellas, if I can, gather around the radio, fellas. 79% of partners polled. That's not easy to say, partners polled. No,
0: excellent admitted job. Admitted
1: that long nose hair is a major turnoff. You know what? I find it a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? The amazing bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. It checks every box for a final four run. See what we're doing here? Let's not forget their famous limited – I'm sorry. Their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine and keep you fresh, ready for anything. If you're playing a drinking game where every time I say ball, you drink, you're probably three sheets to the wind by now. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts – the Manscaped boxers, and the Shed travel bag. Talk about comfort. The boxers are my favorite. Uh, When I wear underwear, that is. (laughs) Another favorite of mine are their crop mop wipers. I'm not making this up, kids. What? The crop mop wipers. Cool and refreshing ball tuchus and body wipes for peak male hygiene and extra care where it matters the most. Very good for the sauna room. And here's where if we can be serious just for a moment, Uh it's not all yucks and hijinks here. Your purchase goes towards a good cause because they partnered with the GOAT, Alex Caruso, and the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. No jokes, no comedy. It's a great cause. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 – and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. So, here's Paul's favorite part. Get twenty percent off and free, with and, free and free shipping with the code Honchos and free shipping with the code at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy during the dance. Remember, get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code honchos at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off. With, the, with Paul Cuthbert's favorite free shipping at manscaped.com, yeah, shipping, use the code HONCHOS. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in Clutch Time. Uh, we're going to try to get the code changed to Cuthbert, but for now, hey. it's HONCHOS hey. for the
0: free What's
1: shipping. What's that
0: supposed to mean?
1: HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S at manscaped.com. And thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring this fine quality program. Thank you, Manscaped. We appreciate it. So get out there.
0: Use the code. Keep your balls clean. And free shipping.
1: Did we? Did we have the the CBS basketball theme in there? Yes, it was playing at the beginning, Rob. And
0: when you listen back and you download the oh, show, okay. okay, it'll be there, buddy. Okay, all right. Well, save your, uh, save your, uh, you know, your anger, you know, for the time. No, no, no anger. Just uh, wondering. You know, I mean, cute? I could see it in your face, you know. Uh you know fortunately with you I can see you know your face starts changing colors and I know what's coming all right it's like
1: it's like a mood ring my
0: face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you manscape well again every week I I am I'm, I'm looking forward to the time when I don't have to press this button but here we go time the head to the gridiron
1: there is no off season in the nfl
0: plus some off season National Mediocrity News, right here on the Happy St. Hancho Show. Happy Chase's Special, special N- NML news here. What do you got for us there, Mr. Cooney? Mr. Mike Cooney. Right.
1: Well, uh, in the NF Mick the National Football oh, League. good. Look at you. Thank you. I'm rubbing this off me, on you. Took me a second. Oh, you can't say rubbing off. This is a family oh. program. Anyway, um, today is the official start of the league year already. The Super Bowl was like an hour ago and we're already starting the 2021 league year. So free agency started today officially. They have this 2-day legal tampering period which is really when teams agree with players, but nothing can officially be signed till today. So theoretically, all these contracts you've been hearing about these last couple of days can be torn up and say I've changed my mind, but that thankfully hasn't happened. What a mess that would be. So some some teams have Acquired new players. Some players have stayed put. We've seen not as much movement as I anticipated. I told you the the big news for here locally that Washington signed Curtis Samuel from the Panthers. We also got Ryan Fitzmagic. Four. Which, if nothing else, it'll be a fun year with uh, the beard. And for those of you wondering what he looks like, get the um, Kansas Greatest Hits album and look at the guy on the cover of the painting of John Brown. That's who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Um, so we've got you know, we will run through some quick free agent news and then some other off the field stuff. As far as the quarterback carousel is concerned, Deshaun Watson, as of you know, eight thirty nine tonight, still a Texan. Although with the news that came out these last couple of days about a lawsuit he's involved in, who knows how long that is going to stay. They did sign Tyrod Taylor from the Chargers. Remember the last time we heard about Tyrod Taylor, he was having his lung punctured by. got get uh, out of
0: Texas before you catch the COVID. <laughs>
1: It gets his lung punctured, you know, by the team doctor, uh, and that was the end of his season, paving the way for Justin Herbert to take over. Uh, Sam Darnold still a Jet. Apparently, uh, P- Seattle coach Pete Carroll, who you know previously coached at USC, not while Darnold was there, is a big Darnold fan and would consider trading him. Speaking of which, Russell Wilson still a Seahawk. And news came out today. Listen to this trade that the Seahawks turned down for Russell Wilson. The bears desperately want a quarterback since they have only had two quarterbacks in the last hundred years, Sid Luckman and Jim McMahon. And neither of those guys are playing football anytime soon. The quarterback heartache that the bears have suffered through. They thought they'd found the answer in Wilson. Listen to what they were willing to give up for Wilson. Three first round draft picks, a third round pick and two unnamed players.
0: And two, and two unnamed two, players, Rob. Uh,
1: and two unnamed and free shipping and free with the shipping. code honchos at manscaped.com. Uh, there you go for Manscaped. Uh, the, uh, yeah, so all those all those picks and the players plus the free shipping, 20% off the whole thing. And Seattle said no. I don't know if that was more about Russell Wilson or about the Bears or probably the fact that the Bears have the 20th pick this year and if they get Wilson, they'll be picking in the bottom third of the draft for the next two years. All I know is uh, – if you're offered a king's ransom for Russell Wilson, and you don't take it, the pressure's on in Seattle for Pete Carroll now cuz you had a chance to really rebuild your team uh and you just said no. So you got a disgruntled quarterback and a, a leaky defense and hopefully, you know, you know Carroll's a defensive coach, if anybody can fix it, he can. We'll see what happens. But I was surprised to hear that. I mean, that's a that's the kind of thing Deshaun Watson was supposed to get. And the, uh, the Texans are supposed to get for Deshaun Watson. So anyway, he's still there. We'll see what happens. Um, some of the notable free agent moves. Uh, for those wondering, Tom Brady is still going to be a, Patri- a Patriot. God help us. A Buccaneer for the next two seasons until he's the 45. Gronk? What about Gronk? The Gronk? Gronk has re-signed. Uh, the big news is New England. New England has spent a boatload of money, certainly in the tight end position, Uh, getting the both the top two tight ends off the market, John Smith from Tennessee and Hunter Henry from the chargers trying to recreate the magic they had in 2011 when they had Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski. Hopefully neither one of those guys uh, Smith or Henry, you know, ends up in the penitentiary. Uh, But he's trying to recreate that. He has Nelson Aguilar from the the Vegas Raiders. So he's giving Belichick is giving Cam Newton a lot of weapons and he's going to get guys back on defense like Patrick Chung Dante Hightower opted out. Bill
0: Belichick is giving Cam Newton no excuses. That's what he's giving. Right.
1: Exactly. Whatever happened last year. Fine. You can write that year off COVID no off season, whatever. You can write all those right off that whole season. It's a write off Jerry. No excuses this year. The pressure's on now. If Cam can't get it done this year, it really is about Cam and not about anything else. Um, so just going through the list here, uh Corey Lindsley went from Green Bay to the Chargers. He was the number one center on the market. Um so uh let's see, Andy Dalton. The Bears. Here's the consolation prize for the Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton. They couldn't get Russell Wilson, Andy so they Dalton. have Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Uh the Chiefs cut have cut ties with three fifths of their offensive line from last year. Ooh. Tackles Fisher and Schwartz. And Austin Ryder, the center. They picked up Joe Tooney, no relation, uh, from New England, and Trent Williams. And for those of us that are wolfskin fans, this is particularly painful. Trent Williams, who's 33 years old, is staying with San Francisco six years, 138 m- m- million dollars, 55 million guaranteed, $30 million signing bonus, six years. I just just saying that saddens me. This is a guy that... Does it break your heart? It does. He sat does up the 2019 does it break your heart? season while he...
0: Does it break your achy,
1: my breaky, achy breaky heart? My achy, breaky heart? Yes. Yes, Billy Ray. Coppola. You
0: can tell the world you never was before. Come on, Washington football club fans! When I'm gone. Woo! Come inside oh, a tell guy. We feel you here the at the Huncho. Sing a Billy Ray! Come on! Everybody! Woo!
1: You can tell my...
0: Yes, the sounds wrong. coming out of the Washington oh, you Football lips, Club facilities right now. Hey, chorus, Rob, I want you to not sing along. Here we go! Woo-hoo. Don't tell my heart my <laughs>
1: achy, breaky heart. I Look,
0: don't tell me you didn't research. Don't tell me you're not coming in.
1: People thought Williams was an idiot for walking away from ten million dollars with the Wolfskins. Well, now he's making let's see, six into one hundred and thirty. It's twenty plus million dollars. So you Woo-hoo! know what? Good for him. So some other notable movements: uh, Kevin Zeitler is, has a new home. Matthew Judon, oh, uh, see, Yannick folks, and Doc. See, he's just look. He's just ignoring the whole damn thing. I am. He's moving Bud away Dupree, from that story, Trey Hendrickson, Corey Davis, <laughs> Carl Lawson, all have found new teams. The Bucks, the Super Bowl champions, have managed to keep Godwin. They've kept Shaq Barrett. They're keeping Brady and Bronx. So look for that team to roll into the Super Bowl again next year, possibly. Really? Oh, Aaron Jones staying with the Packers. And A.J. Green, longtime Cincinnati Bengal, has found the new home with Arizona. Arizona, look out good. for that team. Get your hey. Cardinal gears. Get your really, Cardinal get, gears. Get your Cardinal gear ready. All right, should we talk lawsuits for a moment? Sure. Or we should, or anyway, lawsuits. Lawsuits or Drew Brees. He
0: never he never really yeah. any I'm sorry, man. It's been a long time since I heard that song. It's good, and and with good reason. You he know, changed everything for him, man.
1: I only say that I'm bald, but I actually have a Billy Ray Cyrus like mullet. <laughs> I just don't want people to laugh. If you see me on the street, it, it's a bald wig. But cap. it's
0: dyed with invisible. hair. Well no, it's
1: it's I'm just wearing a, a bathing cap on my head to hide the mullet. <laughs> it's not very professional when I'm doing this show. All right, before we get to the lawsuit, let's just just a quick word about Drew Brees. Retired from the NFL after sort of toying with the notion of possibly coming back for another season. Drew Brees is retired. He will walk into the Hall of Fame. I mean, I, I don't know that anyone would argue with his credentials. Look, he may not be. Uh, the best quarterback of all time may not even be in the top 10 in people's estimations. I mean, yes, he has a championship, but you know what, what sets him apart. He's done what very few quarterbacks have done sort of like what Joe Namath did for, you know, the New York jets who still are waiting for their, for another moment. Like they had in 1969. 1969. I mean, you thought the Orioles were bad. Um, He, his impact on the sport itself And on the city of New Orleans and the state of Louisiana, his impact on the game, on the community, that can't be measured in yards and completions and statistics like that. So for that, because look, if you look at Joe Namath's statistics, what he did was bring credibility to the AFL and made New York a relevant place to play football, in addition to being a pretty good quarterback. Drew Brees has, of course, all the stats, all the records. He has the championship, but again, the impact on the game is why you say sure. Maybe he's not in your top five, but he's one of the great of all times for on and off the field, and he'll be missed. And I think he, you know, look at the end, he couldn't do it. He was pretty tough. He was starting to get injured, um, but at the end, it was just it was it was hard to watch. Just like with Roethlisberger, he and Roethlisberger, it's like they fell off a cliff this year. And Roethlisberger's coming back. I guess he's got something to prove. But Breeze, I think, it was time. He'd done enough. And now he this opens good, the door. He what? He'd done good for the Aints. He sure did. I mean, this was a team that historically their fans were wearing bags over their head. They were the laughingstock of the NFL for years and years and years. Well,
0: especially also post-Katrina too, man. Well,
1: yeah, the city, I mean, the thing that you, people down there will say that what brought the city back was the football team. Not the Washington football team, the New Orleans Saints. You know, the Superdome was used as, a, as an emergency relief center. They couldn't play any of their games there for a whole season. And then, you know, right after Katrina, the, the New Orleans signs Drew Brees. Remember Drew Brees, his last game as a Charger, he was going for a fumble. He got his shoulder completely wrecked. The Chargers said, see you later. We got Phillip Rivers. The Dolphins were thinking about signing him. Nick Saban, probably the only bad move Nick Saban's ever made, is he looked at Drew Brees and said, you're short. Your, your shoulder is, is Swiss cheese, and we're going to go another – we're going to get Dante Culpepper. Remember and, the rest, and, and the rest is history. He goes so – Sean Payton says, I can make a ham sandwich out of this guy. Bring him here. And, you know, 16 years later, the Saints, perennial division winners, championship stock. They Last couple of years, they've sort of gotten the screws put to them in one way or another. Oh,
0: especially Some, that uh, – They <clears throat> seem to have run into a string of bad luck Offensive pass – uh, non-call yep. against the L.A. Rams. And then
1: there was the play, was the Minnesota Miracle yep. with uh, Case Keenum. It's just, you know, there's been a lot of bad luck recently, but overall the city owes a great – look, they could just shut the franchise down now and say that's good.
0: No, You've I had mean, a really good one. Yep. No, I brought a lot of respect to the, uh, the team. The team has always um, respected the rest of the way there as far as I'm now, concerned, especially the last you know,
1: 10 years there was that little hiccup with Drew Brees and the Anthem, but otherwise you, you can't really say anything negative about him. Uh, good guy, you know, be above reproach. He'll be missed. He's going to go and he's going to now go into the NBC booth. He'll do football night in America. He'll do some Notre Dame games. He'll, um he'll have an Olympic, some sort of presence at the Olympics, I think. So, you know, the future bright. We haven't seen the last of Drew Brees. Now, what kind of an analyst he'll make? No. I remember when Joe uh, Joe Montana went to NBC after his playing career ended, and he was about as exciting as tapioca pudding. So I'm, I don't know. He, look, he makes a, he. Drew Brees made one of my favorite commercials when he in One Direction did a Pepsi commercial where the guys in One Direction said, can now, we, this, you know. is your
0: favorite because of One Direction or more Drew Brees? No, because
1: Drew Brees singing well, a One Direction song made, one Direction it makes me favorite. laugh. No. Not that I'm gonna admit on these airwaves anyway. So good luck to you, Drew. Thanks for the memories. We'll see you on TV. All right. Take care, buddy.
0: Well, all, all. Send Drew off oh. into the, the sunset. Sing it, Rob. Come on. Good night, America. How are you? Come on, buddy. I'm your native son. That's your singing.
1: The train they call the city of New Take care, Drew. See you down the road. It's great having having Paul here. He's like you know the human jukebox. We start talking about stuff, and Paul plays just the right song. Hey, who's playing the most music? The sports on shows. Sports on shows are
0: the sports honchos. Well said, Mister Cuny. Uh, a nice little uh, send off to Mister Drew Brees of the New Orleans Aints, and it's uh, yep. good stuff. Good luck to them uh, going forward. And um, we will uh, end this uh, National Mediocrity League news segment on that note, ladies and a good gentlemen. All right. Now, moving on.
1: Oh, we're not going to talk about the Desha- – I guess we could save the oh, Deshaun no, Watson. Oh, no, you know what? No,
0: I'm sorry. I'm about seven beers in here. So no, okay. St. Patrick's Day, I forgot. No, please do it. No, it's very okay. important. Go. Sorry.
1: Yes, because apparently what's come out, and this might hasten the removal of Deshaun Watson from the Texans – A massage therapist in Houston has filed a civil lawsuit against Deshaun Watson, alleging inappropriate conduct in her home in March 2020 by the Houston Texans quarterback. This is from a story by Sarah Bishop in ESPN.com. The lawsuit, which was filed Tuesday night by Houston lawyer Tony Busby – that's a great name for a lawyer – and appeared on the Harris County District Clerk's website on Wednesday morning, alleges that Watson committed civil assault when touching the massage therapist with his penis and that he intentionally or knowingly caused – Physical contact with the plaintiff when Watson knew or should have reasonably known that plaintiff would regard such contact as offensive. Uh, Watson had this to say about these allegations. Okay, so he really didn't. Absolutely horrible. So, so, all right, so Deshaun Watson really didn't say that. In fact, what he said was he responded, of course, on Twitter uh, to the lawsuit on Tuesday night saying he rejected a baseless six figure settlement demand. And that this is about clearing my name. and I look forward to doing that. Um, At the time of his statement, Watson said he had not seen the lawsuit. The lawsuit alleges that Watson booked a massage on March 30th with a massage therapist who regularly works in her home. After leaving the room, the massage therapist alleges she returned to find Watson lying on the massage table with just a small towel covering his groin area. The lawsuit says the plaintiff began to feel extremely uncomfortable. And, quote, it became apparent that Watson wanted a massage for only one reason, sex. It accuses Watson of exposing himself and subsequently touching the woman. Uh, the lawsuit also says I'm Watson you texted here, her, just listening to you. Yeah, later texted her to apologize. So, again, all this talk about the Texans will never trade Watson, maybe that talk uh, was a little premature. I, I, I have no idea, by the way, that there's a connection between if, if he does get traded, that it's because of this lawsuit. I'm just speculating that perhaps if – Houston, as adamant as they were but not trading this guy, not that this has come to light. Maybe the embarrassment of this lawsuit and what it's going to bring, maybe convinces Houston to take the best offer. And does this impact his trade offer? Who knows? Ooh. Who knows? But it's certainly the timing of this is certainly curious. You know, more than a year after the suit, after the incident happened, now it comes to light. So good luck to all parties involved, especially Tony Busby. Mm-hmm. Sounds made up.
0: Crazy. Hey, look, there was another thing I know you tried to get in last week. We ran out of time. But uh, you mentioned something about the Ravens and some kind of overtime rule uh, that they want to propose. And I'm curious about this, Mr. Cooney, is How does a team get to propose this? Usually it's like a players league thing or a GM's league thing or an ownership league thing. Bring us into the world of the Ravens and this well, overtime proposal. Well,
1: what, what would happen is the Ravens would propose this to the rules committee. or I guess the competition committee for the NFL, and they would take it under advisement. Um, If you have a a degree in advanced mathematics, you can probably figure this out. I don't. Well, good. Neither do I. So I'll try to— I'm going to listen slowly. Make it simple for all of us. It took me forever to figure this out. Okay, so the proposed rule, uh, the proposed spot and choose rule would still have a coin toss. So the teams have gone to overtime— they have a coin toss, but it would give both teams agency in the initial decision. This is from uh, SI.com from last week. Okay, uh, whoever wins the coin toss gets to decide whether they want to spot the ball or choose who gets the ball. This is where my head actually started to cave in. So <laughs> instead of – now, in, normally in overtime, whoever gets, wins the toss, they decide do they want the ball or not want the ball – uh, first touchdown wins. if the team that wins the toss doesn't score a touchdown, the other team can win with a field goal that's the old rule. So this is what the ravens are proposing instead of the current rule and it 's also ten minutes of overtime instead of fifteen minutes. Okay, so back to the spot and choose rule. The team spotting the ball picks where to put the ball. So if they decide to put it at the thirty, the team uh, the team doing the choosing. Keep the ball, not keep the ball. Decides if they want the ball on offense at their own 30 or if they want to defend the opponent starting at the opponent's own 30. See, again, my head is actually shrinking from reading this. So let me read this again. The team spotting the ball picks where to put the ball. Remember, spot and choose. Mm -hmm. You win the toss, you choose. If they decide to put at the 30, the team doing the choosing decides they want the ball on offense at the 30 or defense with the opponent on their own 30. The period would then be sudden death from the start since both teams had agency in choosing who starts with the ball. There is another proposal that would take these rules but apply them to a straight period that's seven and a half minutes of straight football, but sudden death is better. So that's their wackadoo proposal. Again, if you win the toss, you decide spot the ball or choose offense or defense. I, I don't know why this is better other than trying to take the coin flip out of the deciding factors who wins than loses in overtime. Although it's always historically been like a little bit over 50 to a little bit under 50 in terms of coin toss. The person who wins the team that wins the toss ultimately winning. It's not as though it was 80% of the time, the team that wins the coin toss wins in overtime. It used to be first team to score wins in overtime. And then it was, even then it wasn't a sure thing. Whoever won the toss to win the game. So this is nothing that the NFL is considering seriously, considering, um, but who knows? But it's out there; it's in the bloodstream. Um, it's I'm not sure why the Ravens think this is such a why the Ravens particularly think this is a great idea, but we'll see. The old spot and choose rule. Stay tuned.
0: Well, I got to ask you, you being the football guru, uh, it, what do you think?
1: It, it makes no sense to me. <laughs> To me, here's what it should be. 15 minutes. I don't know what... I don't know what that is in the back. You are the football guru. Oh, okay. The guru? (laughs) I got it. It, Look, it should be 15 minutes. First team to score wins. That's it. Go home. None of this... Is George Harrison here? I thought he was dead. (laughs) I I, I got nothing
0: he's tuning it up
1: wait hold on George (laughs) fantastic um yeah so who knows everybody knows this it, is, it. is rum right <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 9 to 5 where group, did you baby. find this hey everybody
0: working 9 to 5,
1: hey, <laughs> <working>. nine <laughs> <two> five. <laughs> oh man it's all taken and no given <laughs> Sometimes uh, great, I swear, Paul, Myers. I swear the Good boss guru, is out baby. to get me.
0: <laughs> Folks, I wish you could have seen the video. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait, let me let me pour myself a cup of ambition. Oh, uh, love it! Love That's it. fantastic. I don't. Even, I, after the show, you got to send me the link for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you see the movie The Love Guru?
1: Was that the uh, the Mike Myers movie in yes! Justin's Yeah, but was that was that did he sing that in that movie? Is that yes, what that's from? That's the opening. Oh, okay. Wow. All
0: right. That a Toronto Maple Leafs the hockey movie, man? Yeah.
1: Good stuff. It was one of the last things <laughs> other than Bohemian Rhapsody. That was one of the last things Mike Myers did before he disappeared only to reappear in the Super Bowl commercial for something. <laughs> it was for Wayne's World, I know, but I don't even know what they were advertising. That's how great the commercial was.
0: Uh, I think it was some, some food service, right? Something. Uber Eats or something like that. Yes, right? thank you. Yes, it was for thank Uber. You. Eats. That's what I'm here for, man. That's what I'm here and for. And
1: Dana Carvey recreating the Wayne's oh, World. Boy, I'm
0: so glad I got that in. That was just... Uh, thank you very much. That was just phenomenal. I mean... Uh,
1: that made me chuckle.
0: All right. Well, it's time now to move into our miscellaneous section. And we have to bring back a list of the Irish music there. Some good old Irish, Bing McCrosby. Okay?
1: Sure. Bing McCrosby.
0: Sing along there, Rob. Go
1: on. It's the Happy St. show. You know, eyes can't actually smile. Just throwing it out there. Ah, you're such a
0: downbeat. You're such am. a downbeat sometimes. A you down know
1: what? Kiss like my Barney Stone. Oh,
0: that's <laughs> terrible. That's just terrible stuff there. May God forgive you. Okay? May God okay. forgive you. Indeed. All right. That's all I can say. All right. Okay. Some miscellaneous items here before we head towards the DOTW right here on the sports. Hancho.
1: Woo! I got a lot here, but I'm going to try to streamline our way Speed through. Speed out, baby. Speed down. Quick, Speed down, quick, baby. Uh, marvelous Marvin Hagler has died at 66. Oh, and you got—you're going to
0: start with that over this kind of
1: music? Sorry.
0: I mean, come on, man. Well,
1: the, none of the oh. stories are uplifting.
0: Uh, your timing is awful. Well, none of
1: the stories uh, now, see, are I gotta uplifting. I got to bring
0: this down now. No, this is just—that's just terrible. I, I, you, know you know what? You should dial to up to the Hagler family. You got you you have have to his. dial up. Oh my you gotta, goodness! You have to
1: dial up the Casey Kasem rant, where he's doing his long-distance dedication about a dog dying. And the music that comes out of the break is upbeat pop music, and he has to come in and be all somber. It's a classic Casey Kasem rant. It's all over Um, YouTube. You can find it. Not right this second, I mean. Anyway, as that awkward transition, or with that awkward transition, we bring in a marvelous Marvin Hagler. Here's all I want to say as someone who's not a boxing aficionado. There was a time when Paul and I were younger, with me, a full head of hair, and a gleam in my eye. Paul always has a full head of hair and now not so gleamy in the eyes when you, even the most casual observer of sports knew who all the famous boxers were. You knew marvelous Marvin Hagler. you knew Thomas Hearns, you knew Sugar Ray Leonard, you knew Muhammad Ali, Larry Holmes. These guys, you may not like boxing, but boxing was a huge event and the stars were larger than life. And then you had Tyson and George Foreman part two, Evander Holyfield. Don't forget uh, Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa. Of course. How could I forget? And, you know, Chuck Wepner, the Bayonne Bleeder. Um, you knew these guys' names. And now boxing is, is an afterthought. And I, that's not. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just those days of boxing being larger than life events, those days are over. And now we're How starting to lose happen, some Robert? of the titans. I don't know. How did it happen? I think, you know, we've become accustomed to... Turning our back on this this kind of senseless and violent brutality, no, as some people would.
0: You can't say that with the UFC. I'm not, no,
1: I'm not saying it. I'm saying people decided that boxing was too brutal. Yet UFC and you know WWE, which is not really all that physically violent, um, they thrive. I don't know. I guess just seeing two guys up there slugging slugging away at each other, without the glitz and the showmanship of UFC and WWE, and where you can't use your legs in regular boxing, it just doesn't hold the appeal. But you know, it's. But, it's I'm sorry, Rob. It, no, you know, no, I just, I just, I don't know much to say about this other than the titans of boxing that you and I grew up with are leaving us, and there's nobody to replace them. That boxing, I was never a boxing fan, but I knew these guys. If a Tyson fight was on, I was going to watch because I'm a sports fan, and it was Tyson, just like. The generation before was the same way with with Muhammad Ali. It was the 50th anniversary of the first uh, Muhammad Ali-Joe Frazier fight. And that was an event that had just about every celebrity, every A-list Hollywood celebrity at there. There was a story about James Taylor, who was supposed to perform in Madison Square Garden that night, the night of the Frazier-Ali fight. And they asked – the promoter of the fight asked James Taylor if they could move his concert – either to the night before or the night after. And he said, sure, if you give me front-row tickets for the Frazier fight. Frank Sinatra got in for free because he was taking pictures for Life magazine. That's how big an event it was. And boxing was like that for years. And now it's, it's no more, which, again, I'm not lamenting the loss of boxing. It's just how different things are. And Marvelous Marvin Hagler was just someone that I – was a name from our childhood that – meant something it was larger than life, just like the other boxers. And now those gladiators, as people would call them, have just gone away. So it's, it's sad. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, was, it was such a big part of this, this country. I mean, you go way back, you know, I mean, and I, it's funny cause I was, I ended up uh, up late last night and Rocky one and Rocky two were on and I watched all Rocky one. And then I just wanted to see, I forgot how the beginning started, you know, when they get in the hospital and they come out. But you know, I mean, there's a scene there when, you know, obviously uh, Mickey's, The boxing room, the training rooms and stuff. I mean, and there's just been some great movies about boxing, you know, whether it's uh, Raging Bull or, um, you know, obviously the Rocky movies, The Fighter with Christian Bale. Um, You could go on and on and on. I mean, Clint Eastwood made a a movie with...
1: uh, Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, I mean, uh, the worst ending in the world, by the way. Yeah. Yep. But it was, And, just, you know, Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe.
0: Yeah, I mean, just some fantastic sort of rock and roll. Uh, but look, yeah. I mean, you think of all the – not just the heavyweight fights, but that's primarily what we're talking here. But I always remember as a kid, it was just this big event. So what I'm ta- what I'm trying to get to real quick here is, you know, there was a while – like it's it clipped or peaked at Tyson. And then it kind of yeah. just – it went down, and they never – and then the fights became a joke. And I just wonder how heavyweight fighting – just completely dropped off. And then you can go the other levels, too, like uh, Sugar Ray, uh, those fights. So I went to see Sugar Ray fight at the Garden, man. It was amazing. Uh, there's so many different fighters there, the middleweights and stuff. Uh, who's the Filipino fighter who just uh, recently fought last couple of years? I can't remember his name.
1: Pacquiao. So- Pacquiao and Yeah, Martin. I mean, so White Mayweather but that's, and, and Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, so that I was, that, that was kind of close to yeah, large The whole sunlight.
0: boxing industry tailed off. Hey, look, I'll be honest with you. There were years growing up too where I actually used to tune in to the Olympics for the boxing between the US and Cuba. I mean, it was just that, a, a majestic 80, kind that, of thing that, that everybody was
1: into. Yeah. That eighty four team was amazing. The eighty four boxing, uh, Olympic boxing team. They spurred some pros, like I mean, God, Sweet would, Pete Whitaker.
0: Muhammad Ali, we've even forgot to mention him. Joe Frazier. I mean, all those, the movies, the stories, the, just the, uh, the whole involvement with, um, heavyweight fighting. And it's just, it's gone. It's unbelievable.
1: So, yeah. It's I just, mean, and, and it's, it's just, there's, it's, it's, I don't, it's not good or bad. It's just, it's different. It, you feel like it's a part of our lives, you know, people of our age that's gone. Yeah. And, Whether you like it or not, you still lament the fact that something that you grew up with and something that was such a part of your life is just – it's no more. And watching the Rocky movies brought
0: that back to me last night, just the training part of it. Uh, And then the the scene where he looks up on the wall and he sees the picture of Rocky Marciano right before he walks into the spectrum to to see things. And it's all that nostalgia, which primarily guys like me and you our age, we grew up with that. We grew up through the the 70s with Muhammad Ali there and taking it out and, like I said – There's so many great fighters we're not even uh, remembering right now. And and then maybe this is something we could do down the road and do a little ode to the old great boxing matches, the great fighters. But it used to be wonderful, man. It used to be incredible. And, yeah, it did. It got stupid. It got silly. I mean, just think of Don King and the – all the, the pomp and stance, it was just yep. – it was as big as they make the UFC fights now. The UFC fights, right. though, they, they end in, like, a minute. It's brutal. They run a great show over there, but um, we'll, we'll spin back around there. But, um, yeah, yeah man, remember, uh, condolences like, to the Hagler family and, and a great name of, of boxing that we grew up with, too, you know.
1: Yeah, and just one more note. I, the heavyweight division has been reduced in the last few years to which Klitschko brother is fighting, you know. It's, it just seemed like there's a 100 of them. Some guy named Klitschko was always the heavyweight champion. <laughs> You know.
0: And now it's YouTube it, stars fighting each other from other sports, right. you know, it's like...
1: And, the, and, the, and Bagel Boy. <laughs> yeah. Remember, that, that that's viral sensation from the beginning of the pandemic.
0: Right, we we got we to gotta do a honchos tribute to boxing here one of these days.
1: Hey, it'll be slow in the summertime. We'll do that right after our Pete Rose tribute. Yes. Oh, He's not dead, folks. I don't mean tribute, our Pete Rose show. <laughs> Pete Rose, still alive again as of the recording of this show. And that's going to be a
0: nasty but, show, folks, so...
1: Yeah, you know, so we, buckle up. Yeah, buckle
0: <laughs> up. All right, buddy, I know you wanted to follow up on this um, Tennessee high school uh, story that you brought up last week. Why don't you right. on
1: that? Okay, so the, here's the real quick version. This was a Tennessee high school girls team, uh, successful team in the state. The coach's son, this is the girls team, the coach's son got into an altercation, a fight with a rival coach in the same league. And the high school, the, the school board came down on the team and said, you're uh, suspended from the playoffs this year. You're suspended. And then to add to the story, you're suspended from the playoffs in 2021 and in 2022. And when I left you last week, I said they got an injunction, a restraining order against the Tennessee secondary school association. Uh, and since that time, uh, the injunction was made permanent the girls were allowed to play, and everything is back to normal. There's been some punishment meted out for the coach um, whose son it was was involved in the fracas, as it were. Um, but just wanted to say that story from last week, and you can go back and download last week's episode and get more details on it. But it was a happy ending for the 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 Which girls' is rare team. These days. Yes, so justice prevails. And that's it. So it was a good news, a good outcome. Again, you can get more details uh, on last week's show about the Arlington the High Archives. School. Yes, in the Honchos Archives. But the girls get to play, and I think they're going into the state championship. So Good. Good for them. As I said, they're one of the best teams in the state, and now they get a chance to play despite the knuckleheadedness of someone not even associated with the team. So there you go.
0: Go win a modern-day championship unlike... Damn Baltimore! or... I
1: know, and yeah, I knew it. All right, pal. We bad. got a
0: couple stories left here. You want to get to? Well, what do you want to do here, pal? I'm looking at the um, notes that the uh, the producer sent down here. I'm gonna throw it to you, buddy. You can do both of them, or you can do one of them.
1: Or you yeah, can do you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna end on a high note before we get to the dot dubs. All right. We don't, we don't need to talk about more people saying stupid things. Yeah, I agree. At games. Um, all right. So this is in sort of in lieu of our soccer segment. It, yes, I have a soccer story. This is crazy, folks. Ladies this and nuts. gentlemen, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going through my, you know, my notes on the Internet and such during the week. And I come across this story from SI.com about Wilfred Zaha. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Crystal Palace, soccer player, English Premier League. Talking about kneeling, and let me just preface this by saying Zaha is from the Ivory Coast, he's black, and you would think when I say a story about kneeling, I can hear the groans all throughout Pancho's land going, another player who is upset about people not kneeling. Well, listen to this pragmatic, down-to-earth soccer player who has decided he's the first Premier League player to refuse to take a knee in the league's pre-match demonstration against racism. And I'm thinking, wah, wah, wah? Allow me to read you his quote. My decision to stand at kickoff has been public knowledge for a couple of weeks now. There is no right or wrong decision, but for me personally, I feel kneeling has just become a part of the pre-match routine, and at the moment, it doesn't matter whether we kneel or stand. Some of us still continue to receive abuse. The 28-year-old Palace star said that while he respects the work being done by the Premier League, To combat racism, Zaha said not enough is being done outside of the sport. Quote, as a society, I feel we should be encouraging better education in schools and social media companies should be taking stronger action against people who abuse others online, not just footballers. Bravo! Just say bravo, Mr. Zaha. That That is the smartest thing I've read from any side of the aisle on the whole kneeling thing, is that It's important to protest. It's important to bring attention. It's important to educate. But sometimes these routines become just that, a routine, almost like you're not thinking about it. I believe um, the Crystal Palace manager, Roy Hodgson, said, Wilf's not alone now in being a person who thinks maybe taking the knee has become a bit of a ritual rather than a massive statement. Amen. Um, So he's chosen himself to take this step, which puts him out of the bubble of knee takers and has given him the chance to make the statement he made to show how strongly he disapproves of what's been going on and what is still happening. We're all behind that. Okay, so it's, the players now on his team and the manager are saying it's become kind of a hollow gesture at this point. So what we're doing, it's not working. In fact, it might be having the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. So I read that I had to, I, I just had to bring it to everyone's attention because I have, ne- I have yet to read something as smart. And as pragmatic um, as that, that is how people should be looking at anything, any sort of protests, any stands, any social justice should be seen through that kind of a lens. And so I say, Bravo, Mr. Zaha. The only thing that would have made that story better is if he actually played for the Scotch tapes. But, (laughs) you know, I had to, if we're talking soccer, you know, I had to squeeze that in there somewhere. So thank you for indulging me on that story. Um, I know. Wow. You know, little bit over time but hey that was important soccer's gonna you know
0: you might learn to like it there rob you know well they certainly have smart athletes
1: that's for sure well you
0: know just don't get don't get too caught up in the uh major league soccer here in the united states and it'll be interesting to see how the mls does their thing this year too and opening weekend is april 3rd and 4th rob so i'm excited Nah, don't get too excited okay we'll we'll talk more mls and, and reasons why you shouldn't get so excited for mls but uh Nice. It is what it is Hey, good story, man Good stuff It's better than me just rambling on about the Premier League Which is being run away by Manchester City And all that stuff So, um You know I guess, uh It's
1: It's time ah,
0: ah, ah.
1: of the week Dope of the week That's awesome, dude Hello, friends you know the Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Go Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's each week's winner. Easy for you to say. You can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter at Cuthbert Live at Bitter and Rage at Sports Honchos at Go Sports Media Company. It all works. And who will be carrying the the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup? Around the ice rink of shame this week, someone you perhaps have not even heard of, but you will after tonight Todd Jackson, senior director of security for the Knicks and Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Way to go, Todd! That is a very fancy title that essentially says that security at the world's most famous arena is under his command. I have tremendous respect, friendos, for the underpaid and underappreciated security personnel arenas, but in this instance, I must question that respect. Patrick Ewing, Is the Georgetown University men's head basketball coach, but he is better known as the Hall of Fame Center that led Georgetown Hoyas to the 1984 NCAA championship, part of three Final Four appearances in his four years at Georgetown. Yes, you heard that correctly. Four years. They did that once upon a time. The anchor of those great Pat Riley coached New York Knicks teams of the 90s, a vital part of the greatest team ever, the 1992 Olympic Dream Team, and a player who single-handedly brought two teams to prominence, the Knicks and the Georgetown Hoyas. Hewing is universally loved and respected and is revered in D.C. and New York. But apparently, that love and respect got lost on its way to the Garden last week. Last Thursday, the Hoyas upset top-seeded Villanova in the quarterfinals of the Big East tournament. After the game admits the celebrating, Hewing was stopped several times by members of Jackson's security staff, and he was asked for his ID and his credentials. Credentials? How about 20 years of meaningful games in the garden as a collegian and a pro credentials. Look at the rafters of MSG and find the number 33 Jersey with the name hewing on it. Come on, come on, man. Even Stevie wonder would recognize Patrick hewing. Sure. He has put on a few pounds since his playing days, but it's Patrick fucking hewing. It's not as though the game was played in some remote outpost where no one had ever heard of Hewing. This game was played in hewing's house in his post-game press conference. He addressed the situation. He said, I don't, I do want to say one thing though. And this is, I'm quoting Patrick Ewing. I thought this was my building and I feel terrible that I'm getting stopped, accosted people asking for passes. Everyone in this building should know who the hell I am and I'm getting stopped. I can't move around this building. I was like, what the hell? Is this Madison square garden? And then he went on to say, I'm going to have to call Mr. Dolan. That's the Knicks owner and say, geez, is my number in the rafters or what now? He was he had his tongue firmly in cheek and had a smile on his face the whole time. He was not really that angry. Um, but in the last 30 years, look, folks, in the last 30 years, there have been four men representing the four major professional sports in the United States who will never have to buy a meal or a drink again in New York City. Derek Jeter, the captain, Mark Messier, Eli Manning and Patrick Ewing. That's it. That's the list. Jackson should have gathered the security force in MSG and told them that until Jesus comes to the garden, that Hewing is to be treated like a deity. He should have told his team that the Knicks have done squad douche since Hewing left. And that if he were to ask for peeled grapes, then they better find some grape scissors. Hewing should have been paraded around in a litter instead of being followed around the tunnels of MSG In typical Hewing fashion. He took the high road. His response was terse as you heard, but if he crushed, but it was classy with a touch of self deprecating humor. I would not have blamed him if he crushed Jackson and Knicks owner James Dolan like grape in the press conference. I wanted him to pull a Steve Spurrier from 2004. In 2004, Spurrier, the 1996 Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback for the University of Florida, was contacted by Florida AD Jeremy Fowler about the head coaching vacancy at Florida. Spurrier had just resigned as head coach of my Washington Redskins. They were the Redskins then. And was looking to get back into college coaching. He was definitely interested in, in a Florida homecoming. Spurrier compiled a 122-27-1 and and record at Florida from 1990 to 2001, including six SEC titles, six bowl wins, and the 1996 National Championship. Despite all of these accolades, both Fowler and university president Bernard Machin, or Machin, asked Spurrier to submit a resume. A resume! Spurrier responded with, My resume is in the trophy case. Now that's a shot. Spurrier took himself out of consideration and promptly took the head coaching gig at the University of South Carolina. That is what I would have liked to have seen from Hewing. He should have pointed to his jersey in the rafters and said, there's my fucking pass. Or perhaps he could have (laughs) dunked the security official into the baskets themselves. Sadly, Hewing is way too classy for that. So, Todd Jackson, for not knowing the history of your own organization – for treating Patrick Hewing like he was Dennis Potvin, and for making famous Garden alum feel as welcome in their former home as Myers Leonard at a bar mitzvah, you are the sports honcho's dope of the week. Congrats, Todd. Your certificate is hanging from the rafters next to Hewing's jersey.
0: Way to go, Todd!
1: You dope! You I mean, dope! Come on. I mean, I realize, I don't know that it was Todd Jackson himself, but since they were his people, his security guards, we're going to blame him. There you go. There you go. I mean, buddy. it's it's Patrick Hewing. I know. Again, I, just, I i mean, they weren't asking for his autograph; they were asking for his credentials. It's Patrick Ewing. Unbelievable. He built Madison Square Garden, not really, but you know, he's one of the bricks anyway in Madison Square Garden.
0: Hey, for diehard Knicks fans like me, buddy. Yeah. Gotta love him. Props, man.
1: It's messed up, man. Yep. Yeah. Fucking dumb. So, Todd. Fuck you. So dude. good luck to you. And see, what? we do our research here. <laughs> to find out who the head of security at Madison Square Garden is just so we can proclaim him the dope of the week. Well done,
0: Mr. CUNY, Mr. McCuny tonight. Hey, look, buddy, uh, before we go, uh, do you have like a, a hockey app or something that could, you can bring up the scores right now? You remember we talked about this guy Chris Knobloch earlier taking over the bench for the Rangers since they're all out on COVID? They're in, in between, they're in between periods right well, now. Get the score.
1: The score? Hmm. I
0: just want it's you the to 17th? Know. While we've been going on, I want you to see the score in between periods right now, second and third. Oh, my God.
1: Yes. It's, 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 wait, did Philadelphia forfeit? It's nine to nothing. It's fucking nine nothing. <laughs> all right, so if you're, if you're David Quinn right now, you're like, all right, are we right. renting or do we own? That's time to start uh, calling our real estate agent. You can't make this shit up. you up nine nothing. To nothing. Good Lord. He's on national TV tonight. You know normally when it's 9 nothing it's because the baseball team is forfeited. Not is, is there a mercy rule in, Are the, you uh, kidding in the NHL? Me? <laughs> wow. <laughs> 9 nothing. Oh hey, maybe my t- Lord. maybe Todd Jackson can uh, step in and help them coach. Unbelievable. 9 nothing. Now, the only thing that will save Quinn's job <laughs> is if the Flyers come back and win 10 to 9.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rumor has it, Quinn might be coming in for the third period. Boy, his test boy, came back boy. negative. You can't make that shit up. That's no, just unbelievable. No,
1: you can't. That's... I, that's I dun, 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 dun dun That's I just sports. Don't get it. I, I just don't <laughs> get it, man. It's... No. Uh,
0: wow. I don't understand that. But um, it is what it is, my friend. You know? It sure so. is. Hey,
1: uh, is Todd Reardon unemployed? He could fill in this. He could be the next coach of the Rangers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well... We've come to the end of the show, Rob.
1: The end this of the rainbow as is happy it?
0: Happy Saint Hancho Show Show. We thank want you. to thank everybody who's listened in while having a few pints, a bit of corned beef, and a slice of cabbage. And until next time, next year, on March seventeenth, twenty twenty-two, for our seventy-eighth episode, as we talked about earlier, we welcome you back. But I want everyone to know how grateful, from the bottom of our hearts, to your hearts.
1: From Me the bottom and of and our Robert McCuney
0: and Paul McCuthbert love you so and can't take you enough for listening to tonight's broadcast. Rob, would you like to say a few words in a made-up Irish
1: accent yourself? Absolutely not, but I will say <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening as always. Uh, it, as, you know, Aaron this. everyone, have a great St. Patrick's Day. Hope that you're still sober. And if you're not, thankfully, this show will be archived soon enough and you can go back and listen to the yucks. It was the show. Look, the show was like the rest of us tonight on St. Patrick's Day. A little long, a little wind, a little bloating, but still enjoyable. Hey, it's a holiday. It's a Wednesday. We thank you for spending your St. Patrick's Day capital with us. We love you. Go in peace. Be safe. Thank you to Manscaped. Peace.
0: All right. And if you are listening with your hangover today on the 18th, God bless you. Keep the volume low. That's all we can say. All right. Another one in the books here, baby. I want to thank everybody for listening, downloading, sharing, tweeting, all that great social media stuff. Thank you so much. Go to Manscaped. Buy some stuff. Get some free shipping. some 20% off. It's helping your honchos out big time. So on behalf of your Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and my buddy, Mr. Robert Cuny, we bid you adieu. Robert, one more time. Say goodnight to those honchos fans out there.
1: Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. Help us out. Again, we love you. Stay safe. Peace. Hot
0: shows out!